We are back on the KYMM Morning Show. Joining us now in our studios is uh, Northfield Schools Superintendent, Dr. Matt Hillman. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Jeff. We're going to have a little bit of boomerang, you know, 22 degrees tomorrow, and then I saw a 70 for next week. Yeah. 70 next it's uh it's late february early march man we've got like a 40 degree swing in a 24-hour period from yesterday to today just keep several coats in your car that's what i say jeff let's talk about uh well first of all it is that time of year which uh, is also coincides with high school tournament times and such uh boy the raiders have had a uh, outstanding year the raider athletes uh across the board and activities across the board we also have of course the rock and roll revival coming kidding yes so it's a busy time and good stuff going on yeah and if we've got rock and roll revival coming up i'd encourage folks in the community to you know get those tickets early it's gonna fill that middle school auditorium you know uh 700 plus people for six nights and i I think it's one of those things jeff you've attended you just you can't understand how amazing of a production it is until you go and i know uh Ray Coudre, our longtime excellent director of uh, of that program, has been in the studio, and I know some kids were in the studio on Art Zany last week. So just thanks to KYMN for helping promote that. So, rock and roll revival coming up again. It's it's a it's you cannot miss it. It's a fantastic uh, experience. Okay, let's get into last night's meeting. Well, Anything l- else you want to mention? Couple, so of course we can't talk on the radio here this morning without talking about that we have the first Northfield Raider ever to be Ms. Hockey, Minnesota. I'm sure mm-hmm. KYMN reported this yesterday, but congratulations to Ayla Puppy, a future gopher, and what an amazing career that she has had. So congratulations to Ayla and uh, getting that prestigious honor. We know that that's a, a huge uh, thing. It's the penultimate uh, experience and honor that you can get in hockey and uh, high school hockey in Minnesota. Kaylee Graber, uh, one of our high school wrestlers, she's only the third girl in Minnesota State High School League history to qualify for the Minnesota State Boys Wrestling Tournament. She won uh, the section. She's the first girl to win uh, a section, our section's uh, tournament championship. So congratulations to Kaylee. That's just an amazing uh, accomplishment. We look forward to seeing her and six of her teammates uh, wrestle in the upcoming state tournament this weekend in St. Paul. Our boys swim and dive team also qualified for state. Amazing. And then, you know, not just on the court, on the uh, in the ice arena, uh, in the pool, but our mock trial team um, also advanced to state, and they'll uh, compete in the state tournament next week in St. Paul. So something else maybe down the line to get those young jurists in here to talk about what they're learning. So oh, pretty absolutely. awesome stuff. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. And it's also kind of an exciting thing at the uh, the school board because you have some big things that are on the agenda. Uh, let's let's start off with uh, why don't we start off with uh, the indigenous uh, parent meeting that you had? Absolutely. So uh, last night we had an update on our indigenous uh, parent advisory program. So the state and federal government requires to call it the American Indian uh, Parent Advisory uh, Team or committee, but locally we call it the Indigenous Parent Committee. And we had a presentation by Hope Langston and Sybil Betzinger. Uh, Sybil is a longtime member of the community. She is a social worker for the district, a part-time social worker for the school district. She had been the chair of our American Indian Indigenous Parent Advisory Committee for some time. And last year's legislature gave some additional money for Indigenous education. And so we were able to hire uh, Sybil to help as a cultural liaison for our Indigenous families. And so we have uh, 60, a little more than 60 students uh, who are, 65 students to be exact, uh, who identify as Indigenous in our school district. And 
They represent 16 different tribes from across the country. Uh, most of our student, indigenous students represent six tribes from Minnesota. Um, but what Sybil and Hope Langston, our Director of Instructional Services, talked about last night was just the work that we're doing this year to improve the cultural competency of our staff uh, related to indigenous cultural practices. And so uh, February 19th, we had a professional development day, and uh, we had just some great speakers from the Prairie Island Indian community. Broderick and Paul Thomas were part of our professional development day talking about uh, indigenous cultural practices specific to this area. And we had amazing feedback from our staff, people who had taken college courses who said they learned more from Broderick and Paul in two hours than they had done in an, an entire course uh, when they were in college. So some really powerful feedback, uh, again, just about making sure that we are competent and working with all the cultures that are represented in the Northfield community. This is a state requirement, Jeff. So we're required uh, to have our teachers have cultural competency training, eight hours. There's several different um, strands that they're required to have as part of that. And so we do some of that every year so that when teachers relicense, they've already completed that. Um, we also shared that, you know, we attend something that's called the Urban Leadership Academy. That's a program from the University of Minnesota. They had a, recently had a day-long training session uh, on indigenous culture that a few of us attended. And then over the next month, a few people last week and more coming up, uh, we have 27 staff who are attending a training session uh, that is conducted by the Midwakan and Sioux called Understanding Native Minnesota. And so uh, a field trip coming up for students, uh, our indigenous students coming up later this year. So some really good things about expanding our, our understanding of local indigenous culture. And we just think it's important for kids to know that we are interested in their culture and uh, what we can do to support them. Superintendent Hillman is with us. Uh, I want to spend some time talking about a potential referendum and the survey results that you have. Uh, before we get into that, anything else you want to bring up? We're, we're, I think we're ready for the main topic here. Let's, let's do it. Uh, let's talk about, first of all, uh, the uh, telephone survey. The, is it Morris Leatherman telephone survey that you had done? Yes, we contracted with Morris Leatherman. They're a, a very popular um, public opinion firm out of the Twin Cities, and we did uh, cons- contract with them to complete this uh, telephone survey. I'll give you a little bit of the demographics, and then we can exchange about the results, Jeff. So we, uh, Morris Leatherman contacted 400 Northfield School District re- residents, and that demographic split, the way that, that de- the de- demographics of those 400 people laid out also lay out very similarly to the demographics of our community. So, for example, what they seek is if 53% of voters within our school district are women, 53% of the survey respondents are going to be women. They look at age, they look at voting history, they look at where do you live. So they're trying to balance to make sure that enough of the representatives are from Ward 1 in Northfield as normally would make up the rest of the voting population. Uh, You know, folks from Dundas, the percentage of the sample from Dundas is intended to be analogous to the larger voting population. It's really intended to give you this really strong set of data that you can apply to the larger voting public. And so the survey conducted uh, about 34, was 34 multiple choice questions. The average time on the phone with each participant was around 10 minutes. And this survey has a margin of error um, of plus or minus 4.8%. So a really solid sample of our community, something that's statistically relevant uh, and that we're able to draw some conclusions from about the potential pathway forward. And did you, are, have you had those results long enough to really go through and see what they, uh, see what the people had to say? 
I, I, yes, and uh, Don Lifto, Dr. Don Lifto from Morris Leatherman presented the results to the board last mm-hmm. night, and I can share a, a few of the key findings here. Yeah, yeah, tell us what you found out. So I, the survey showed substantial support uh, for the district's intention to address high school facility problems. So uh, 68.7% of the survey participants, they responded favorably uh, to a question that said that they would support a referendum to, to address the high school facility problems. Now, this part is specifically about what they think about the high school. It's not connected to the tax increase yet, which we'll mm-hmm. talk about in just a minute. So um, over two-thirds of this statistically relevant sample of our community voters supported doing work at the high school through a referendum. Then the survey uh, company asked 21 different questions, and they would ask uh, folks whether that statement, that they, they would read a statement, and they would ask if they knew that was part that statement was going to be part of what the referendum would solve in terms of the facility problems at the high school, would that make them much more likely, somewhat more likely, somewhat less likely, or much less likely to support a referendum? So by way of example, there's a question around uh, improving safety and security. Uh, 79% of respondents said that would make them somewhat more likely or much more likely to support a referendum. That was the top uh, indicator that people really care about our children uh, they know that this is a safe community, but they see things across the country. They understand that there's uh, 37 doors at the current high school, and they understand that that plays a role. So the top uh, indicator that was uh, resonating with uh, potential voters is that safety and security questions. There are 21 questions like that, and it ranged. Every single one of the questions had strong support in terms of when uh, participants learned that that could be part of a referendum, that made them somewhat or much more likely to support it. That ranged between 59 and 79%. So the highest areas were, again, I said safety uh, and security was was the largest, uh, the most uh, supported area. And then things around accessibility issues and um, doing some renovation and special education spaces for students with disabilities was also ranked very high toward the top of that range. Uh, At the lower end of the range comparatively were things like other items like uh, updating uh, vocational classrooms and shops, improvements to indoor air quality, increased natural light. So increased natural light still supported uh, substantially by the people who participated in the survey. 59% of those folks said they would that increasing natural light in the school would make them somewhat more likely or much lo- more likely to vote for a referendum uh, in favor of a referendum. So, so it looks like the problems that we've identified to solve really resonate with the voters. And I'll, I'll pause there, Jeff, if you have any questions. Uh, no, I just uh, want you to continue on because I'm really finding this fascinating. Uh, let's let's move on into, I guess, the, the, the dollars of it. Did, they, did you ask you know, how much they're willing to support, uh, you know, on either lump sum, monthly basis, or how it's going to affect the taxes? Yes. So we asked them uh, four different levels of taxation um, tolerance, if you will. And so, and all of these questions, even the 21 that I just mentioned, they were uh, shared in random order. So people didn't get it in synchronous order. They didn't get it in the reverse order. They actually were asked randomly because that helps strengthen the confidence that you have in the results. So at the end of the day, participants indicated a willingness to support increased taxes of around $315 a year or slightly higher. And that $315, you could probably look at you know some support up to that $325 range. You're looking at what's outside that plus or minus 4.8% margin of error. So when we look at what is the main takeaway from these financial tolerance questions, around $315, potentially up to $325 a year right now seems to be 
the sweet spot where most people would support a tax increase on a $350,000 valued home. And so that level would support uh, some substantial improvements at the facility, including the possibility of that option two, which we've dubbed the reimagine option. Uh, support for a tax increase enough that would uh, allow us to have the funds to build a brand new high school was pretty low. Uh, about 17% of the respondents said they would support a taxation level um, around $600 a year that would get us closer to a brand new school. So really just the the information, the data is the data. And so what we see is some real strong support for substantial investment in the high school facility, probably not enough to where uh, a brand new building uh, would be on the table. So I think the other thing that's interesting, also question, they ask a question to participants about, you know, basically the statement is I would never support a tax increase for any reason, right? That's basically the statement, which is I would never vote for anything that would increase my taxes. And in this survey, 16% of the respondents agreed or strongly agreed with that statement. So it's in the negative, right? I would never vote for a tax increase for no matter what it was for. So about 16% of the folks surveyed uh, indicated that they would never vote for a tax increase. And that's an important number uh, to have as well. Morris Leatherman does a lot of these kinds of surveys. They typically see that between 15 and uh, 25%. So um, that's where we're at in terms of uh, really strong support from the community to do some substantial work. Uh, an analogous uh, tax in, potential tax I- increase in terms of that people would, could be amenable to that would do some substantial work, but probably not enough to get to a brand new building, Jeff. You know, um, I find all that really fascinating, and I, I'm curious as, I don't know if you even know this as part of the survey or not, is that, it, it seems very typical of Northfield. Those are kind of the results in Northfield that I, I, that I would expect, uh, really not too far from it at all. Other communities, um, did they, I'm sure they probably did not mention other communities because everyone's different, but how does this kind of all relate? Do you have any idea? I think you're you're right, Jeff, that this is a, remember, all of these kinds of things are very local, right? With any kind of bond referendum, we're talking about facilities, there's history attached to it. Uh, there is the combination of what do I pay as a homeowner maybe versus what a larger industrial tax base might do. We have a, we have a wonderful community. We, we love our community. We have a smaller industrial tax base, right, than other mm-hmm. communities of our size. The, the the industries that we have are what make Northfield Northfield. It makes it a, a wonderful place to live. Um, but our homeowners pay a little bit more as a result of that. So those kinds of factors also play into it. There also is the part about, you know, did I go to that school? Is Do I think the school is good enough, you know, for what um, what we're looking to do today? Do I think that there needs to be substantial update? There's, there's all of these things that every facility is different. Every community's voters are different. So there are some things that they can look across communities, uh, but at the same time, this is a very local issue. All right. The school board itself, how did they react? Uh, were these uh, results kind of what they were, had been thinking, or uh, what is the reaction there? I, I think it's hard to anticipate what people uh, are going to say in a survey. We're, we're open, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we have open minds, and we want to use the data so that we can present a question to the voters. If any, the board, of course, could choose not to move forward with any referendum questions, but we do want to respect where the voters are at and offer something that will both satisfy and and do the improvements that are really necessary to the high school facility, as we've talked about ad nauseum for a long Mm -hmm. time, Jeff, and also understanding if there are things that are too far for voters to consider, 
we, we don't want to put a question forward that we know does not have a chance to earn voter support. That just is not good practice. And so uh, we're really trying to start to align where these items are at. What are the needs? What are the wants? What do we think the, the dollars that the community would support are there? Of course, the community still would have to vote in favor of this, right, in November. So the next steps forward, Jeff, March 5th, the board is going to meet in a work session. And I want to just really emphasize the time and the location because it's a little different than what we've done the last few times. So it's on March 5th. That's the presidential primary night. So we're not permitted to have meetings from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. So we're having the work session 4 p.m. to 5.59 p.m., just before 6 o'clock. And that one is going to be in the district office boardroom. So that's at the former Longfellow School. Folks could enter at door number two on the Second Street side. Then we're going to ask the board to vote on what pathway forward, if any, at the March 11th board meeting. So those are the next steps, Jeff. Once again, Superintendent Hillman is with us. We're just about out of time, but is there anything else uh, regarding either the referendum that you took action on or anything else that came out of last night's meeting? I I just think we've done a lot of work ahead of when the board is going to vote on what pathway forward, if any. So if members of the community have not attended one of our four tours, they haven't attended one of the work sessions, they didn't attend our public meeting, now is the time to reach out to share your advice with the board about how to move forward. Uh, you can share your perspective with them by emailing board at northfieldschools.org. We really have wanted to, we, the, the runway before the board's vote about what pathway to choose to move forward has been much longer than a typical referendum. And the reason is we really want to get as much community feedback and ideas before we make a decision to move forward than after. We think it's really important to have the community inform what the board would decide, if anything, to put on the ballot in November. So if you've not attended our work sessions, if you've not attended our tours, you didn't come to the public meeting, uh, we encourage you now to reach out to the board, board at northfieldschools.org, if you have advice about what pathway we move forward with, Jeff. So, And of course, if anybody has any questions, you know where to find me. Uh, right. Connect with me, I'll be happy to answer them. Matt, thank you so much it's for coming pleasure. in. Much appreciated. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. You're listening to 95, the one AM.